mission. Hallelujah. Mission, our mission. Hallelujah. Because missions is the heartbeat of God. And if we look at the Bible, that was the last word he gave the disciples before he left. And if you are aware that every person before you die, the last word is most important. So if Jesus decided to tell his disciple to reach out and to go ye out and reach out, then that is very important to him. And we have to make it possible that whatever opportunity comes our way, we'll be able to use it to evangelize, to tell somebody about Christ. So this morning, I want to bring a message still in the same theme, making mission our missions, but we want to make our family our mission land. Hallelujah. Looking at how we can reach out to our families. Hallelujah. Because the Bible tells me that if you would believe the Lord Jesus, he says that you will be saved. You and your household. Hallelujah. You and your household. And I remember when I was first born again and I read that scripture, I was so passionate about it. And I prayed and I prayed and I kept praying. And thankfully, I'm still praying. Not everybody in my family is where I want them to be. But by the grace of God, I have seen lives changed. Even my sister is, sings in the choir. She goes to church regularly and she's giving her life to Christ. So for me, that is a testimony, and I'm so grateful to God for that. Hallelujah. And that's one prayer I prayed constantly, and I'm still praying, praying for my brothers, that they will come to the full saving knowledge of Christ, that God will touch them. So if you are here, you might have a husband who does not know Christ. Let you, that husband be your mission field. Hallelujah. You might be a mother who is here, and your children don't know Christ. Let the children be your mission field. Hallelujah. You might be a husband and your wife does not know Christ. Do not just go to the city center and preach the gospel there. But look around you. How can you reach out to that husband, to that wife, to that child, to that mother, to that auntie, to that uncle, to that cousin who doesn't know Christ? Because God does not want to save you alone. He says that when he saves you, he saves you and your family. He saves you and your household. So don't keep the gospel to yourself. Let us share it. And if your parents are not in Christ, it's an opportunity for you to pray and to do everything you can do to show them Christ, to role model Christ, and to be able to tell them that God is faithful. For me, the Bible tells me in Hebrews 9.27 that it is appointed unto man to die once. And the Bible says that after death, there is judgment. Are you ready for judgment? And if you know in, within your hearts of hearts that you have Christ and that today when the Lord calls you home, you will go and be with him. And he will call you and say, yes, thou good and faithful servant. Can you say the same for your husband? Can you say the same for your wife? Can you say the same for your child? Can you say the same for the maid in your house? Can you say the same for the person who holds the cup and helps you at home? Maybe God has brought them your way so that you can introduce Christ to them and use every opportunity to be able to do what? To spread the gospel. Hallelujah. Acts 16.31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus 
and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And your household needs to be sold out for Christ. And sometimes it doesn't start. You might be higher in your Christian faith and somebody might be lower. But if it's in your, des your desire that the person that doesn't know Christ in your family needs to know Christ, then you invest prayer, you invest time. You role model Christ, hallelujah. You role model Christ at home. So that by your lifestyle at home, hopefully they will find Christ through you, hallelujah. So I want you to come with me to the book of Acts chapter 6. The book of Acts chapter 6. Verse, no, 16, sorry. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 onwards. The Bible says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Faragia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Marcia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul, and a vision, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called him to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11, from Troas, we put out to the sea and sailed straight to Samothras. And the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city that district, um, of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women. Hallelujah. Women are always there. Hallelujah. Women are amazing instruments in the hands of God. And if you're a woman, don't underestimate yourself. Hallelujah. Because God uses women to do a lot. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we sat down there and they began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And the Bible says one of those listening to them was a woman from the city of Tyatra named Lydia, a dealer of purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay with me. So first of all, we see, if you read from verse 1, it tells you that Paul was on his mission, going around preaching the, the, the word of God. But Paul was attuned to the spirit of God. He was very attentive to the spirit of God. He wasn't just going just for going sake. So he kept his spirit alert. And as Christians, we need to keep our spirit alert in our workplaces, in, 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 in town. Because sometimes God will tell you, Speak to that person about Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul was distracted by the Holy Spirit. 
several times. He wanted to go this way, but the Holy Spirit kept it. And finally, the Holy Spirit led him and said, he, he had a vision of somebody calling him to come to Macedonia. So he changed his route. Are you prepared? Or are you so set and rigid in your own thinking that when you decide I'm going to city center or Vassal Park to preach, and God tells you, I don't want you to go to Vassal Park. I want you to go to Eastville Park. Will you be willing to change your route? Will you be willing to change your route? Paul was so attentive to the spirit of God. He changed his route. He went to Macedonia and he met a group of women. And the Bible says that when he ministered the gospel to them, a woman called Lydia, who was very influential, if you read different versions of the Bible, it says that she was a rich woman. She traded in, in, in rich clothes, purple clothes, and she was very influential, hallelujah. And sometimes God picks up influential people to touch their heart because he knows that when you have influence, you can reach out many souls, hallelujah. So don't use your influence for things that are not necessary. So Lydia, the Bible says that she was a worshiper of God. But the Bible tells me that she may have been a worshiper of God, but she didn't know Christ. But the Bible says she responded because the Lord touched her heart. And because the Lord touched her heart, she and her household gave their life to Christ. And the Bible says they got baptized. Hallelujah. In the olden days, when people give their lives to Christ, straight away, baptism follows. Even though it doesn't say that she gave her life to Christ, it says she and her household. And soon after, they decided that she invited them home to come and dine with me. Because now I have known the Christ. Hallelujah. So she didn't just know Christ and kept it to herself. There are a lot of people who come into touch with you. They might not necessarily be blood relationships. There might be people that just come through your doors, your house, under your roof, or you have influence over them. Lydia and her household became worshippers of God. They got baptized, and the Lord did amazing things going forward. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that after Paul had done that, if we still stay in the book of Acts 16, the Bible says that once we were going to the place of prayer, we met a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul the rest, and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Paul had a spirit of discernment. What the spirit in the girl, which was a filthy spirit, said was right. Yes, they were servants of God. But it takes discernment to be able to identify whether the spirit speaking through her was right or wrong. Hallelujah. And sometimes if you are not sensitive, so I want to draw back to the attention of Paul being sensitive to the spirit. Because if I were Paul and then this girl was following me and hailing me, oh yeah, listen to her. She's a servant of God. Whatever she's saying is right. If you're not careful, you become swollen headed. Telling you, yes, you are the champion. 
You are a servant of God. You are here to do this. Yes, listen to him. Yes, what she was saying, but it wasn't from the right source. And Paul discerned that she had demons in her. And so straight away rebuked that spirit in her. And it brought trouble onto Paul. But it was all working for the good. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that, so Paul and Silas were put in prison as a result of that. They were chained. They were beaten several times. But they didn't give up. Hallelujah. So as you minister, sometimes you will find a lot of opposition. You will find a lot of, if you are not, if say for instance, if you are a, a child of a parent who does not know Christ, sometimes your parents can, can disown you because you have come to the saving knowledge of Christ. I know a lot of people whose parents have disowned them because they found the gospel and they were trying to preach to them. So sometimes there are some of the consequences you may suffer. Love God and share the gospel. But do not be afraid because Paul and Silas suffered. And there is a lot of people who insult you, especially in this day and age. They will tell you, do you know better than I am? Hallelujah. But by the grace of God, if it's the other way around as well, you might have some privileges taken away because of your faith. So Paul came through a lot of trouble as a result of doing the work of God. But God in his own plan had a plan for the jailer and his family. So the Bible tells me that when they sang praise and worship, the Bible says that the prison doors opened and the jailer thought that they had run away. And he nearly took his own life. He was so shocked. How could the door be open? How could this happen? If my master comes to find me that I've let these prisoners go, my life will be worth nothing. So he was at the point of committing suicide. And Paul saw them and said, no, 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 we are still here. We haven't gone anywhere. Hallelujah. And straight away, he was amazed how could you have the door and the gates and the chains and all of that bars open and you're still here? So he says to Paul, what must I do to be saved? Hallelujah. What must I do to be saved? And the Bible says that, and they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at the hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Who is affected by your, your, your fate? Your brother may not know Christ. Your sister might not know Christ. Your mother might not know Christ. Your father, your grandparents, your, your, your daughter, your son. What are you doing about it? Are you just happy that you are going to heaven by yourself? Or do you really, 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 really want them to go with you? Then I pray that God will give you that zeal and the passion to start interceding for your family. And sometimes it is not about in your face, give your life to Christ or you go to hell, like sometimes we do. If you don't give your life to Christ, you're going to hell. Hell fire is waiting for you. You will die and you will, you will go to hell. 
If you do that, nobody will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Tell them about the love of Christ. That even when they have become mean to you, show them love. Teach them the love of Christ. Tell them that for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Even when they mess up, don't give up on them. Reach out to them because that is your calling. Hallelujah. You are meant to be an evangelist in your home. You don't have to be a pastor to, to, to preach to somebody about Christ. We are all called. So if you are lying on the same bed with your husband and he doesn't care about Christ, you need to make sure that you intercede. Maybe talking to him might not help at this moment. But I can assure you that when you intercede, set a day aside every week and pray for them. And just dedicate that day as a day of fasting for Mr. A, Mr. B. And say, God, he's not listening to me. Do you remember, the Bible says Lydia, her heart was opened. Who opens the heart of man? The Bible tells me that the heart of a king lies in the Lord's hands. And the Bible says he can, he can turn it whichever way. So sometimes talking too much won't help you. Set a day aside and commit it to the Lord and say, God, I am dedicating this day and I'm going to pray for my husband. I'm going to pray for my, my, my wife. I'm going to pray for my uncle. I'm going to pray for my, my cousin. This cousin who has gone wayward. This cousin who is smoking and drinking. This cousin who is not listening to your word. This cousin who comes to church but just does whatever he wants. I know it is not of God. And I want to lay my, my, my life. And I want to lay my tummy down and sacrifice. If you cannot fast a full day, start with just half a day. And before you realize, you can extend it to 3 o'clock. Before you realize, you can do 6 to 6. And I believe as I'm speaking, God is laying somebody in your spirit. Don't brush it aside. There's somebody in your family that needs Christ. Become the missionary in your family. And don't do a lot of argument. Because argument will bring tension and will even make the gospel ugly. Hallelujah. Invest time in prayer. Hallelujah. Invest time in prayer. Just pray for them. Don't condemn them. Don't judge them. Don't, don't abuse them. Don't insult them. Sometimes just zip it and just go before the Lord. Because sometimes when the words in your head is laid on a paper, beloved, you'll be so ashamed that really did you write this down? But then sometimes it's all in our head already. We haven't just said it. Does your mother know Christ? Does your father know Christ? Do you have a son or a daughter who does not know Christ? And do you want to reach out to them? By loving them. By praying for them. By just doing these acts of love. Hallelujah. And showing them that God, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. That is the message. Beloved, Christianity is not about coming to church. It's about living right for Christ. And if you can come to church and tick all the boxes of church, but if your heart is not right, when the day comes, he will say, go. I do not know you. 
So I pray that God will put it on our hearts. That we will dedicate our lives as missionaries, even in our families. That we will stand in the gap. That we will pray for our families like we pray for the job. Hallelujah. Do you know how you pray for the job when you need it? Do you know how you pray for a child when you need a child? Do you know how you pray for money when you need it? You call it forth and you say, come forth. Sometimes you just have to mention their names and you have to call their souls out of darkness. And you just have to say, God, I take over this soul and I bring it to you and I declare and I decree that this one will not perish because your word tells me that you do not delight in the death of a sinner. If the law says he does not delight in the death of a sinner, the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto man. But the end thereof is judgment and is destruction. So sometimes they think what they are doing is right. But beloved, it is not. And unfortunately, we are in an age where human rights and we have our own rights and we think. But beloved, deep down, people have conscience and they know within themselves that they have no peace. And we are there to help them, to signpost them back to Christ. Some of them may have started well. They knew Christ, but they've backslidden. Don't judge them. Don't judge them. Love them. Reach out to them. Make them your mission field. Make them your mission field. Pray that just as you know Christ and you are going and you are working out your salvation with fear and with trembling, that they will come to the point where they love God like you love him. That you and your household will serve the Lord. Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So anybody that comes to you, Lydia was a woman who had influence. Influence. And so she did not just take the gospel and that was it. And also I was praying about this word. As the, the Lord laid it on my heart and I was praying about it. The Lord led me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. And he related sharing the good news to that story there. And I would like us to open to the book of 2 Kings. And that will be our last scripture. Hallelujah. The book of 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 3. Hallelujah. There was famine in the land at that time. And Elisha had uh, promised and had prophesied that tomorrow about this time, a seer of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes. That is not where I'm going. Let's just jump to three. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says that there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go to the camp of the Arameans and surrender 
If they spare us, we leave. If they kill us, then we will die anyway. So these leopards identified that all die be die. You know, there was famine in the land. They were starving where they were. And they were thinking, what is happening at the other camp? You know, let us go anyway. If we go and they kill us, fine. If we stay here, we'll starve and die anyway. And sometimes we need to have that attitude. And just delve in courageously. So they went in. They were in search of food. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, at dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. Hallelujah. How God can make the feet and the scramblings of a leopard just sound like mighty chariots. Hallelujah. And that is what God can do for you. Hallelujah. So they go in there and the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp. They entered one of the tents. I'm reading from verse 8. And ate and they drank. Then they took silver and they took gold and they took clothes and they went off and they hid them. And they returned and entered another tent and they took things from it and then also hid them also. Then they said to each other, what we are doing is not right. Hallelujah. This is the day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. Hallelujah. They had found something good. They had found food. They could have been so selfish. And the Lord just revealed to me that the lepers were not selfish. They had found something good. They didn't want to just sit there and become gluttons and just eat and eat and vomit and eat and vomit and eat and vomit. They said, no, 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 this is not right. We have found such great place. The people have run away. There's so much abundance. Why do we have to stay here by ourselves? Let's go back and tell our people. And that is the message. When you have found Christ and you have found the good news, are you just happy by yourself, enjoying the heritage of Christ, enjoying the peace, enjoying all the things? Or are you ready to share with somebody else? The four lepers said that, no, this is not right. And I've come to challenge you, your mindset, that it is not right. It is not right for just you in your family to be the born again in your family. It is not right. That was not the purpose and the plan of God. He says that believe with the, with, in the Lord and you will be saved, you and your household. So let us begin to think within our family, within our circles, within our close families. Yeah, maybe your whole family is saved already, which is great. 
extend it to the extended family. Hallelujah. And begin to invest some prayer. Begin to invest some prayer. Begin to pray for them. Some of them might have some challenges in their lives, in their marriage. Begin to take keen interest in them. And just say, I will hold your hands in prayer. The four lepers said, it is not right to keep it to ourselves. And you know Christ. And you have known him for a long time. But you have a son. You have a brother. You have a mother. You have a father. You have a cousin. You have a sibling. Who does not know Christ? What are you doing about it? You have a child that does not know Christ. What are you doing about it? As we reflect on this piece, the Lord laid somebody on your heart, in your family, that is not living right for God. Make them your mission field and begin to pray and dedicate time. Set a time, time uh, weekly. Fast and pray for their lives. Tell the Lord that I do not want them to go to hell. I am passionate that they will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. They might not be within your physical environment, but God knows everything. He's an omnipotent God. He's an omniscient God. He's not restricted by time and place and environment and geography. You can reach out to them in prayer. And you might not necessarily be the one who minister to them the gospel, but your prayer will prepare the ground. Your prayer will prepare the ground that the heart will be right to receive the word at the right time. So I want us to pray. Just pray. Pray for somebody in your family. Ask the Lord to help you that you be a good example. Sometimes people think that they are Christians, but they are not. They're just churchgoers. They are just churchgoers. They go to church, but their heart is far away. They go to church as a tick box. They do whatever they want to do. But they just come to church to just take that box. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who surrender their lives. And do a U-turn. Repentance is when you have turned around from your sin. That they will repent and confess Christ. That everybody that comes your way, use that opportunity to minister to them. And to show them Christ. Like the four lepers, they said... No, it is not right. We can't sit here and enjoy this all by ourselves. We want to share what we have found. Are you ready to share what you have found in Christ? Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord. Father, we say you alone are worthy. Father, we lift our families before you. We lift the church families before you. We ask, O oh Lord, that your grace that has been so, so gracious unto us, that has saved us from corruption, will reach out to the rest of our families who do not know Christ. That we will find you as we search you, Lord. That they will find you. The husbands will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. The wives will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. The children who have gone wayward will come back to you. Like the prodigal son, they went, they spent the money, they did whatever they did with it. But when they came to the realization 
they came back to their senses. And they realized that there was something for them in their father's house. So they decided to return. Let us pray that everyone who has gone wayward, begin to pray. For anyone that God has put in your mind, that has backslidden, that has gone wayward, that the love of God for them has grown cold, that they have become lukewarm, they don't even care about God anymore. Begin to pray that the Lord will touch them, that the Lord will quicken them, that the Lord will cause his hand to be upon them, that they will love God like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, it is God who gives revival. It is God who gives revival. It is God who can open the eyes of our hearts. It is God who is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. And if we care about the souls of the members of our family, then it's our duty and our responsibility to reach out to them. It's not to condemn them. It's not to insult them. It's not to tell them how useless they are. But it's to reach out in love, to say, God loved you. He gave himself for you. And pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Father, we thank you. Yes, Lord. Father, we pray that every member of our families that does not know Christ, has not given their life to Christ, will lift them before you, Lord. Father, I pray that, Lord, you will heal, you touch their hearts, that you reveal yourself unto them, that you open their hearts, O Lord, that they will come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Oh, Father, we give you praise, Lord. Father, your word says that you do not delight in the death of a sinner. Father, let none of them die in their sin. Father, let them not die in their stupidity. Father, let them not die in their foolishness. Father, let them not die, oh Lord, in what they think is right. For your word says, oh Lord, oh, it is appointed unto man to die once. Oh, and after death, that there shall be judgment. Father, give us a new passion. Begin to pray that the Lord will fill you with a new passion. If you love that husband of yours, you will pray for them. If you love that wife of yours, you will pray for them. If you love that child of yours, you will pray for her. If you love that child of yours, you will pray for him. May the Lord give you a new passion or that you will stand in the gap for your family. May the Lord give you a new energy and a new motivation, O Lord. That your mission will become, your family will become your mission ground. In the mighty name of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. We thank you because you are faithful, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Did you receive something from the Lord? Hallelujah. 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 I just pray that God will make us missionaries. Missionaries, not necessarily with the collar not necessarily with the pastoral tie or the microphone, that subtly in our homes, we will be missionaries for Christ. That subtly in our workplaces, people are dying because they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anyone to talk to. But have you realized why you are alive with all the stresses that you've gone through, that you are not depressed? 
is because you have a place of safety that you come to. That when you cry unto your God, it's a relief and it feels like you've taken some medication. I don't know about you, but when you come before Christ, you're able to just put all your cares on him and he gives you a fresh energy. And that is why we survive. And that is why we are sane. And that is why we are what we are. And we've been through all the challenges, but we are still where we are because we've got an outlet. We come to God and we're able to cry to him in the mighty name of Jesus. Because when we are in trouble, we run to the Lord. He says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and they are safe. He's our place of safety in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah.